Hey friends, I hope you're all doing well and staying healthy and safe and taking care of yourselves and the people and pets that are important to you. You know, I, I don't often stray from the short list of podcasts I try not to miss on a weekly basis, but every once in a while I like to browse what's popular just to see what's charting in the top 200 list of podcasts ranked on Apple's podcast app. And sometimes I'll, I'll listen to a show that I've never heard before. Well, I'm, I'm not going to name names, uh, but today I listened to a very popular podcast that was just under 40 minutes long, and within that time I heard not one, not two, but three ad reads from the podcast hosts. Three commercials. One at the beginning, one in the middle, and one just before the end. And again, this was a podcast that was under 40 minutes long. And by the way, the show itself was not so good. They, and I'm not going to name names. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'll never listen to the show again. But, but that's beside the point. The point I'm trying to make is that on this podcast, the People Are the Enemy podcast, there are no advertisements. Zero. Zilch. Nada. But I do make a point of always reminding the intelligent and good-looking listeners of this fine weekly program, which is all of you, that I am a published author with eight novels currently available for purchase in both paperback and ebook formats worldwide via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can purchase most of my books in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. And who am I? You may be asking yourself. Well, my name is Andy Mascola. Andy as in candy without the C, and Mascola as in mass, M-A-S, as in Sam, C-O-L-A, as in cola, as in Coca-Cola. Uh, and if you didn't know, now you know. I, I, I can't guarantee my name will bring my books up if typed into every online book retailer search bar, but I do know you can at least find my stories at both Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Thank you for your consideration. If you purchased any or all of my books, thank you for your patronage. I sincerely appreciate it. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. the enemy listeners this is episode 142 of the people are the enemy podcast thank you so much for spending time with me i appreciate it and if this is your first time listening thank you so much for checking out my show it's really cool of you and for long-time listeners hello hello old friend good to see you uh yeah so i hope you're all doing well i hope you had a nice uh, a nice weekend this past weekend i i, I read two books this weekend i i'm not going to tell you the titles if only because uh, I, I've scheduled to, to speak about these books uh, with the author, and uh, I've scheduled the author to appear on this podcast, and 
and and things can fall through. Anything can happen in this world. I mean, gee, 2020 is a perfect example of, uh, you know, anything. If anything can happen, it will happen. And, and who knows what will happen between now and the time I'm scheduled to speak uh, with this person. Uh, you know, for all I know, they may cancel. But uh, needless to say, I read two two novels this weekend by an author who I'm looking forward to speaking to on this podcast. That's all I'll say, and you'll have to stay tuned to the show uh, for the weeks to come in order to, to find out who that is and what those books are. And I hope you do, and I hope you will, and I hope the podcast episode happens, you know, because, again, who knows, you know, but, uh, but I am looking forward to talking with this person about their books. Anyway, speaking of books, I, I also read... Um, the Soft Machine. Well, no, I, I read The Soft Machine a long time ago. That was a William S. Burroughs book. That was the uh, the first in his Nova trilogy. I read it a few uh, a few years, I say a long time ago. It was probably a couple years ago. The one that I just finished, however, was The Ticket That Exploded. I'd found it for a buck at a, um, at a pop-up book sale at our local library. I, I used to be a huge William S. Burroughs fan, and... I read The Soft Machine a couple years ago when I was getting back into science fiction. You know, you, you think about William S. Burroughs, if you know anything about him, you know, um, he was a junkie. He wrote a lot about junk culture, meaning, uh, meaning um, you know, the things that are involved with, with somebody who's a, a, addicted to, uh, to, to heroin and, uh, and other uh, uh, barbiturates. Uh, but he also, you know, wrote a lot about uh, a lot, a lot of stuff with the sci-fi bend, or sometimes that was, was sort of kind of melded into science fiction. You know, these uh, um, science fiction imagery. And he wrote this this trilogy of books called the Nova Trilogy, in which he kind of implemented this cut-up technique that he and uh, another fellow named Brian Geisen invented, in which they they took texts from old magazines and newspapers and literally cut them up and, and pasted the words together to make strange sentences, and they kind of uh, kind of discovered that you could come up with some interesting concepts when you try to when you do that when you mess around with that. Anyway, he wrote three books like that, and and the first one was the Soft Machine, which I read a couple years ago, and I liked quite a bit actually. It was kind of strangely hypnotic in reading it. It was almost like just bizarre abstract poetry, you know. But it was strangely kind of addictive, and it's a weird thing to say, especially about a fellow who was so into drug culture that uh, meaning William S. Burroughs, you know, that that the writing itself was addictive. But I I found the sequel to that or at least the, the second book in the trilogy, which was um, The Ticket That Exploded, again, for a buck at a, at a pop-up book sale at our local library. And I thought, eh, I can't go wrong. I've read the first book a couple years ago. I've got it enough in my head that I can I can probably pick up where I left off. And, and I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as the first one. It was kind of like the, um, the novelty had kind of worn off. You know what I mean? These aren't long books either. They're, you know, 150, 140 pages, something like that. So it wasn't a, it was it wasn't a long read and it wasn't a huge investment in time and, but as I was saying, like I I used to when I was a younger guy, I used to love William S. Burroughs. I was I really really got into him uh, right out of high school and I had friends that also liked William S. Burroughs and we kind of explore this uh, you know the mythology of this guy who was at that time still alive. And uh, we'd trade off his books when we'd, we'd be able to find them. We'd find uh, used copies at book uh, bookstores and whatnot. I, I remember I, I literally traded a, a stone sculpture of a, um, a gargoyle that I'd somehow come into possession of. And I, I don't even remember how I got this gargoyle, but... But I had a friend who had the, a copy, a paperback copy of William S. Burroughs' book, Junkie, 
which is which is you know essentially his 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 memoir. I, even though I I don't believe he he, he it may it might be written from the first person perspective. I'm pretty sure it is, but I don't believe he called it a memoir. But it is basically his story. And um, I traded this gargoyle, this stone gargoyle, for a copy of of Junkie, and uh, I I, I got really got into it. And then from there, I I I remember reading Exterminator which I believe was like a collection of, of stories, and Interzone, I believe, which was another collection of his. And then, uh, of all places, at an Annie's book swap, or book stop, I forget if it's swap or stop, I don't even know if they're around anymore. There, there were these kind of cutesy uh, book book uh, bookstores that was a chain, and and uh, they always had like an Oprah's, um, Oprah's uh, Book of the Month, or Oprah Picks. Do you remember Oprah Winfrey had like the, her picks and stuff? And and I remember looking at the Oprah Winfrey uh, selection shelf, and I found a copy of William S. Burroughs' book Queer on it. And I, I, I either it was somebody's uh, had misplaced it, or it was somebody's idea of a joke. But uh, obviously, Oprah Winfrey hadn't selected uh, uh, William S. Burroughs' Queer as her like book of the month or whatever it was. But but nonetheless, I said, oh well, this is meant to be. And I bought that, and I read that, and I enjoyed that quite a bit. And. Uh, and uh, yeah, so so again, you know, in the mid '90s, I got really into William S. Burroughs. I remember the internet was just coming into vogue, and there were some um, some fan uh, pages online that I remember joining, and and so I could learn more about William S. Burroughs. And there were some great photos, old photos of William S. Burroughs. And at that time, I was also dating my wife, who uh, who I remember the our first summer together, we 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 talked about spending a lot of time together, and she said, "Well, I have a friend." who lives in Missouri, who I'd really like to visit. She used to live up here in New England, and she since lived moved to Missouri and is living there. Her family's in Missouri now, but she's got her own place and an apartment and a boyfriend and a, and a, a dog. And she said, we can come stay with her for a week. Are you interested in doing that? And I said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. And then I saw, you know, I looked at Missouri on a map, and I realized how close it was to where she was to Kansas. You know, Missouri... Um, and, and and Kansas uh, Kansas City and Kansas are all, all right there, you know. Uh, uh, and I I thought, well, who, you know, one of my favorite authors, William S. Burroughs, I think he lives in in Kansas. Let me see where his house is in approximation to uh, in proximity rather to to uh, this friend of my girlfriend's. So so I looked looked up Lawrence, Kansas, uh, where William S. Burroughs was known to live at that point. And it, obviously, an older man. I think he was born in in 1914, so he was he was in his 80s at that point. And I I'd heard that he would often uh, take folks in. Uh, me, well, I don't mean folks, but visitors. Like if young people came to see him, that he would often often uh, take them in and talk with them. And I thought, wow, this would be great. What if I what if I could meet William S. Burroughs at his house and, and get one of my books autographed? That would be that would be really really cool. So I looked and I found out that Lawrence, Kansas, from where uh, this friend of my then girlfriend, now my wife's, uh, lived uh, was about an hour away, like an hour's drive. You know, I looked at it on a, on a map. I'm pretty sure because again, this was this was the early days of the internet, and I thought, well, if we're renting a car, and and if her friend's going to be working at one uh, one or two of these days, I know that her friend had a job. I thought maybe we can make a day trip and and go see this. So I I mentioned it to my then girlfriend. Uh, again, now my wife, I said, you know, I'd, I'd really like to, if while we're there, while we're there, if your friend is working, you know, one of these days, maybe you and I could take a trip to Lawrence, Kansas, and I could go visit this author that I'm very fond of. Now, it, it was William S. Burroughs, and 
you know, I knew if I if I mentioned to to my then girlfriend again, my wife now, that uh, William S. Burroughs, uh, you know, uh, shot him and killed his wife, then you might not <laughs> might, might might taint the experience a little bit. Now you you might say, oh my goodness, Andy. Yeah, well, no, it's true that it, it it that is an incident that is a part of of the. William S. Burroughs lore, and it is, it is, uh, it is factual. He, he, William S. Burroughs was in, in, I believe, Tangier in, in Mexico. Um, and, and he shot, he shot his wife in the head with a gun that he was, he was planning to sell to, 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 uh, to somebody. And, and they were, and I guess he, they were all inebriated, meaning he, he, himself and his wife, and I believe his son was there too. Imagine that his son was just a, a little guy. And, uh, and he decided he was gonna do the uh, the their old William Tell routine, so to speak. This is supposedly how the story went. And you know, William Tell was the fellow who who shot the uh, the apple off his son's head with a bow and arrow. You know, so he had uh, he had his then wife William Burroughs had his then wife uh, put a, a glass on top of her head. I don't know if it was empty or full. And then uh, took the gun while he was sitting at the kitchen table and pulled the trigger, and, uh, and the bullet instead of hitting the glass hit 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 his wife Joan uh, right right in, right in the temple. Yeah, wild, right, right. And then and then and then I guess you know the Burroughs family was um, had a lot of money uh, because they'd come from the Burroughs adding machine. I guess that was his his uh, his one of his uh, relatives. I, I assume his his father or his grandfather had invented the Burroughs adding machine and had uh, made a lot of money. Uh, with that machine selling it to IBM, and of course they they sent their lawyers to 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 Mexico, and um, and the 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 lawyers fortunately were able to to bribe I say fortunately they were able to bribe the judge there and and get and get William back out of Mexico and back into into the United States. So the so so the story goes. Anyway, so so what happened was we were planning on. Going to Missouri, my wife and I had had planned the time, and we'd gotten the time off work. We both had jobs. We were young people, but we both had jobs at that that summer. And um, and this is wild. I was I think I was probably literally getting ready to go to work in 1997, just a couple weeks before we were to go to Missouri and visit our friend. And I had MTV on, uh, and MTV News reported that William S. Burroughs died. Yeah, he just literally died. It was August, nineteen ninety-seven, and and uh, and he died in his sleep. And there was, and I thought, oh no, I, I was going to go visit that guy. And not, not not like I he was expecting me, but again, I was just going to show up because I, I guess evidently that's what a thing that people did. You know, you kind of make this uh, sort of um, a beat generation uh, pilgrimage to to uh, to an author. You know, and uh, I thought, oh gee, now I can't go. You know, now I can't. Well. Doesn't mean I can't go, but I, I I at least won't be able to meet this fella. Son of a gun! So I, I told my wife about this again at that time, my girlfriend, and she said, "Sorry, right, well we'll still go. We'll see. We can at least go to the house." And I said, "Yeah, I'm still disappointed." And uh, what ended up happening was we we did go to Missouri and we did visit my wife's friend and we did end up driving one day to Lawrence, Kansas, to William Burroughs's house. I don't remember how we found it. I think we just asked around a little bit and people knew where it was. I don't believe I had a street address. But I was able to to find the house and walk around the yard and you know, I kind of looked around for a bit in the windows and whatnot and of course um 
there wasn't any anybody there. I, I talked to one of his neighbors. He said, oh, yeah, he was a grumpy old guy. You kind of walk around and you'd say, hey, Bill, how you doing today? And he kind of grumble. And I thought, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You know, that was kind of a William Burroughs was an odd, odd sort for sure. And, and uh, not necessarily... Uh, not necessarily uh, the most buoyant personality or, or jovial type. You could especially get that from his literature. You kind of figure figure that. Um, but anyway, uh, my wife took a lovely photo of me in front of William S. Burroughs' house. Uh, if I ever find it, I'll, I'll post it online. I, I know we have it somewhere. But uh, that was as close as I could get. Anyway, so that's uh, that's my story uh, on William S. Burroughs in, in, in Kansas and... Uh, and uh, and and uh, and trying to to make contact, but I but I uh, you know I for a long time I was a fan. I read a lot of his books. Uh, I was quite enamored with with the fellow when, when I was there in in for that week in Missouri. I, I was able to procure some some interesting uh, um, publications. I, I I remember I found like one interview book of his where it was uh, published. You know, uh, probably in the in the maybe in the 1980s, and it was a just a series of interviews with him. I was able to get at at the Barnes and Noble. Speaking of Barnes and Noble, in Kansas City, I believe uh, at that time, I was able to get um, the the box set of tapes of him reading Junkie. And uh, at that time, I had a uh, a cassette player that I walked around with, you know, like the old Walkmans. Again, this was the the mid '90s. I'm sure there were discmen, but uh, I had so many cassette tapes that I was still walking around with a with a Walkman. And I remember just walking around, walking around um, my wife's friend's neighborhood, listening to Junkie and looking around at Missouri, thinking like, this is probably, you know. Uh, the kind of trees William Burroughs saw while he walked around. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I, I listened to it, and it was kind of, kind of interesting. Interesting. Anyway, uh, so I, I'm I'm not going to go too too much longer with this podcast, if only because again I I I've got a scheduled interview with an author coming up. I'm I hope it happens again. I'm not going to divulge any names and, and not mention anything, if only I'm, I'm I'll say I'm I'm excited and looking forward to speaking with this person. I, I've known them for a while. And I've wanted to talk to this person for a while. But again, uh, you know, in this world, and especially in 2020, anything can happen. So I, I, I am not, uh, I'm not counting on anything. But still, I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter, if only to give myself some, some room on the last, uh, the last week of this month when this, this podcast is scheduled to, to happen, this interview is scheduled to happen, to make sure that we've got time to, to speak with this person in hopes that, um, in hopes that it will happen. And uh, and we can discuss these books I read this past weekend. So so thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. This has been episode 142 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. We love you. Peace.